Hello and welcome back to the Father Bruce Podcast. And in this episode, we will be reviewing the SmackDown April 24th episode. And in this episode of SmackDown, we see quite a well-concocted and booked set of matches and promos. But before this episode of SmackDown, we received news that Bianca Belair will defend her SmackDown Women's Championship against Bayley and WrestleMania Backlash, which is the following pay-per-view on May 8th U.S. time. I think that this is such a good booking for both superstars. It made sense to revive Bayley now at this point and to utilize Bayley and for Bianca Belair to compete against a superstar with a tenure such as Bailey. Now the this episode of SmackDown started with the presence of Cesaro and Seth Rollins. We clearly see that um, this rivalry is has continued post WrestleMania with Seth Rollins attacking Cesaro last week in the SmackDown's main event last week. In this uh, opening of SmackDown, we see Daniel Bryan hyping up Cesaro in the in the way that to bring up Cesaro as a competitor for uh, the Universal Championship. So what we see was Seth Rollins interrupting and interfering with with this moment with Cesaro and Daniel Bryan, where. We really see Daniel Bryan being unselfish and really accepting that she, that he has already been given this ma- a chance against Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship match. We then see a tag team match between Cesaro and Daniel Bryan versus Seth Rollins and Jey Uso. In the opening of SmackDown, this made this match was really fun to watch, and it was well concocted between two superstars of Daniel Bryan, Cesaro, with against um, Seth Rollins and Jey Uso. It made sense that Seth Rollins would exit this match uh, during this match, rather. However, it did not make sense that. Jey Uso isn't really that furious about Seth Rollins leaving him behind. I don't really know what will this spell, but who knows if this later on leads to a rivalry between Seth Rollins and Jey Uso, or perhaps Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns. It just leaves so many possibilities in. And it was a much-needed win for Daniel Bryan against uh, Jey Uso in this tag team match. It also made sense that this was the start of the show as we would later on see a response by Roman Reigns on whether or not he he will accept the challenge by Cesaro for the Universal Championship in the main event. That made a lot of sense because, uh, because us fans have a reason to stay till the main event of SmackDown.
backstage we see the intercontinental champion apollo cruz approach general manager adam pierce and sonia deville wherein adam pierce confirms that apollo cruz would be facing and defending his intercontinental championship against kevin owens the second match of the night features Tamina versus her cousin Nia Jax, the women's tag team champions, as they face uh, the tandem of Tamina and uh, Natalia. But this time it's a singles match with Tamina versus Nia Jax, as I've said. Now, it it doesn't make sense to me why this match continues to happen and why the duo of Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler keep losing as single superstars. I mean, it does make sense that they're tra- they're going to different brands to face other superstars, but at this point, if they keep losing, but in the end, still defend their titles, it just doesn't make sense to me. I think it was a good win for Tamina, however, and I hope they continue with this push. Uh, Tamina and Natalia truly deserve to become the next uh, women's tag team championships. As we return backstage, we see Paulo Big E and uh, Kevin Owens' interaction because uh, Big E deserves to feels as though deserves to be facing the Intercontinental Champion. Apollo Cruz, but instead it's uh, Kevin Owens this time. Big E outright said that Kevin Owens jumped the line on this uh, match. The match between Kevin Owens and Apollo Cruz did make a lot of sense. It has been quite a while since uh, Kevin Owens faced the in- or compete for the Intercontinental Championship. And this was a chance that was well-deserved by Kevin Owens. And a chance, perhaps, for Kevin Owens to to get a different... to face other superstars. However, we what we saw was um, Sami Zayn being involved in this match on commentary again. Part of me just wished that this rivalry ended at WrestleMania and... Um, perhaps continue later on in uh, other big four main events, uh, big four pay-per-views of WWE. So I just, I, I really hope that um, Kevin Owens end up facing someone else, but that wasn't the case. Now, as much as this was a great spectacle of match, it did, the ending did not make as much sense to me that just a simple distraction by his uh, commander Aziz would um, cause Apollo, uh, Apollo Cruz to quickly pin the roll-up pin Kevin Owens for the victory. I just, I just hope that they they instead went with a better match ending than that. Even though it was very well expected that. Apollo Crews were to defend his uh, championship in this match. 
But Kevin Owens did have his moments where it did seem as though he did was going to win this match though. By the end of this match, we see the dancing skills of Sami Zayn getting better as he continues to mock Kevin Owens after losing against uh, Apollo Crews and being attacked by Aziz using the finisher of the late Umaga, which I think was is a good, um, it's just a good finisher, and I think it was really fit the the character of Aziz to use that um, Umaga finisher. Now at backstage, we see. Big E attack uh, Apollo Crews uh, during the during his interview, and I really like how Apollo Crews really um, sold this uh, attack by Big E, and it really shows the frustration and how much Big E wants the Intercontinental Championship back. This is very vital as a lot of times these. Um, these championship belts are mere accessories, but we really see in Big E that he needs this championship back. Other promos done backstage would be Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode, the, or Robert Roode, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, facing off against uh, the Street Profits in a backstreet in a backstage uh, confrontation, which uh, Bailey respectfully intervened and uh, really asked for his spot and his time to speak. What was special about this was that, of course, the husband of uh, Bianca Belair, who is a member of the Street Profits, was present over there. I think that with, um, with him calling Bianca over his cell phone made a lot of sense and it did um, excite uh, excite us fans. It was a good addition to uh, to this interview, to this backstage pro- promos, and has helped uh, make us fans excited for WrestleMania Backlash. In other further exciting happenings on SmackDown, we see the return of Alex Terback in his promo where he tries to explain all these dark tales of his life. And it's it was really very exciting to see Aleister Black back in the WWE after he has been gone since October of last year. It it was it it gave us fans goosebumps hearing Michael Coles mention Aleister Black after so long and Pat McAfee's reaction to Michael Cole stating that uh, we will see a vignette by Aleister Black just made the WWE Universe pop and uh, and it was really unpredictable and caught us off guard to see Aleister Black again and I hope that uh, when he does come back he ends up facing Someone that uh, can can help him with his talents. He's such a talented superstar. And I'm glad he wasn't one of those superstars that was released recently during the post-WrestleMania releases. So 
I just hope for Alistair Black. He's in a good place in SmackDown, and SmackDown seems to be doing quite well with booking relatively uh, against, I mean, in compares to Monday Night Raw. The last match for this episode of SmackDown is a tag team match with Rey Mysterio and his son Dominic Mysterio against Gable and um, Otis. Now, as much as this was a fantastic and well choreographed match, they, they really seem to, to bone well with each other. However, I just feel like this match they had this match just because of the sake of having this match I mean for the past few weeks we've been seeing Rey Mysterio and Dominic uh, sorry Rey Mysterio in solo matches against the, the tag team champions Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler so I think they had an excuse to make quite a repetitive match again just because it hasn't been taken it hasn't taken place in quite a while I mean it is good but I do hope that, I, that um, it would at least lead to a future chance against Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler for the Smackdown Tag Team Championship but that isn't the case right now and personally I see that um, either the Mysterios or Otis and Gable deserve a better chance for the SmackDown Tag Team Champions over the Street Profits. I mean, that's just uh, what I feel because um, the Street Profits have had their chance to win the Tag Team Championships at the, in the past and um, their personalities um, don't necessarily require them as a championship holder for them to work for them to be a well-utilized uh, set of superstars set of tag teams this match did end up well it just didn't make sense to me that Otis would um, wouldn't like I mean would would end up getting down just because he hit the table and um, Dominic Mysterio avoided him getting getting tackled by Otis so that did make that didn't make much sense to me but I guess that match on Smackdown was really just trying to finish up and conclude and uh, it ended up with a good win by the Mysterios I hope that um, I, again I hope that they get yet a, again a chance for the tag the Smackdown Tag Team Championship the same time I like it that they're not easily giving it to us fans I like it that they're taking their time with uh, Rude and Dolph Ziggler as uh, tag team champions and uh, perhaps uh, perhaps in a big four pay-per-view have uh, Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio win the tag team champions and I I really like this uh, booking with uh, with taking it slow and taking its time because um, if the Mysterios did end up winning that tag team championship right away I guess that will just uh, ruin a lot of creativity on the Smackdowns and the Smackdowns booking
on the main event of SmackDown, we see a confrontation, a repeat of the opening of SmackDown with a confrontation between Cesaro and Roman Reigns, seeking with Cesaro seeking for a chance to win the Universal Championship. We instead got a straightforward response by Roman Reigns, saying that he declines the challenge proposed by Cesaro for a chance against the Universal Championship to win the Universal Championship. He was straightforward in saying that Cesaro does not deserve to face to have a chance for the Universal Championship and instead faced uh, Daniel Bryan and told him to face him again for the Universal Championship next week on SmackDown. But Roman Reigns adds a little stipulation on this match. He said that if Daniel Bryan, or as he said, when Daniel Bryan loses against Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan will leave SmackDown. Daniel Bryan, of course, accepts this, and he will face Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship on the next episode of SmackDown. My opinion with this uh, promo, or this main event uh, confrontation, is that as much as uh, Roman Reigns uh, improved his promo work, I just feel as though it still lacks depth and I'm sure it's a part of his character to just be straightforward and um, to have this uh, to be this closed type of guy. But still, I just wish that um, he worked on on more depth with uh, with his uh, promo work. I feel like it's uh, very easy to say what he what he says, and it doesn't really translate that or turn that into anything a lot more uh, a lot more thrilling a lot more threatening but i like how he is the one talking now instead of paul Heyman, because as previously seen it was always paul Heyman who was speaking on behalf of his uh, clients or at least with the case of brock lesnar so he's try he does impose this um dominant uh physique dominant uh, character however with his speeches it just feels too much of character too much of emotion rather than actual depth in what he's saying with that said it's obviously going to end up uh, with Daniel Bryan losing against Roman Reigns for the for the Universal Championship next week, and we might see Daniel Bryan go to Raw by in two weeks' time after this uh, championship match. If that's if it's going to be the case where Daniel Bryan doesn't leave SmackDown, I mean where Dan Daniel Bryan leaves SmackDown, Daniel Bryan on Raw may be a good ad, but. It really also just shows that um, it might also be a bad idea seeing 
as raw booking has been very terrible and repetitive as of late. So with Daniel Bryan going to Raw, I don't know if that really changes anything. Or perhaps, um, who knows, it will end up with a disqualification with uh, Daniel Bryan winning by disqualification and him staying on SmackDown. It might work that way, but it's quite a scary thought to see Daniel Bryan over in Raw being being misutilized and just in repetitive uh, storylines. Raw right now really is just a bad place. And um, before this uh, episode of SmackDown ended, we hear news of uh, what is what what is going to take place in Raw. We we see we get a confirmation that uh, Drew McIntyre and uh, Ron Strowman will be facing T-Bar and Mace in a rematch that I'm sure nobody wanted because Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre in the first place did not make any sense. In fact, if anything, it just just confirms what um, Shane McMahon has been saying has been saying against uh, Braun Strowman over the past few weeks where Braun Strowman is this um, stupid character and quite quite literally that's quite true I mean it it doesn't make sense for him to mindlessly team up with uh, Drew McIntyre for no reason nor is there really any reason for this uh, matchup for the for that matchup over in Raw but we might just uh, wait and see Uh, last week we were supposed to get Braun Strowman versus uh, Randy Orton for in a match on Raw, but that was changed. Maybe Raw this week will end up changing, and I do hope that if and when, if Daniel Bryan does go to Raw, it's in a a lot better place where he'll be facing someone proper. And I will see you on the next episode where we where we will see the where we will review the episode of Raw.